Guru Nation, welcome to episode 472 of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. In this episode, I interview Dr. Al Jazeerly. Uh, he's a principal investigator and an oncologist in the Los Angeles area. And he also does multi-therapeutic studies and owns his own research site, uh, multi-therapeutic and oncology. In this episode, we discuss uh, several things, uh, COVID-related, obviously a lot of them. Uh, a lot of the topics are COVID-related in this one, vaccinations, um, operating a research clinic during COVID, what his predictions are for the future of research, and a whole lot more. So check it out. Um, links in the show notes if you're interested to the CRA Academy, CRC Academy, also the Patreon channel. It's only five bucks a month for a uh, basically a VIP group where we do masterminds and things like that. Check it out, link in the show notes. Uh, if you need more studies for your clinic, I've been helping a lot of, onboarding a lot of new people lately. Uh, starting their sites or just adding more studies to their existing sites, text me. I have a monthly subscription plan for that. 949-415-6256. With all that being said, enjoy this show. Hello, Guru Nation. Welcome to another episode. I've got Dr. Al Jazeerly all the way from Los Angeles, California, which is 20 miles to my north from where I'm sitting. But before Corona, this was like a two-hour drive. Now it's only like 40 minutes. So, uh, but I, uh, I'm not quarantining anymore. I'm better from Corona. But I haven't seen you um, in a long time to monitor your site because I have, uh, I had COVID, and uh, I'm recovering. Um, so I'll be coming to see you again in LA. Dr. Al, but welcome very, very well, welcome very much to the show. We're glad to start the new year uh, with this interview. We want to talk about diversity, Dr. Al, in clinical research. Uh, mainly, how do we, because you have several clinics throughout Los Angeles, and you pride yourself on, I mean, most of your patients are minority. And I think we've touched on this topics before with our podcasts. Uh, with the clinical research circle, but we never went fully into it. Um, but before we get into that, okay, you're on LinkedIn, right, Dr. Al? You're you're on LinkedIn. Um, Dan, first of all, let me tell you one thing. Thank you for all this like big introduction. Thank you. Oh, you're and, welcome. Um, I congratulate you how to pr how you pronounced my name very well. Al Jazeerly, right? Yeah, you're doing very good. That's right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's only been two years, three years that I know you. So, yeah, uh, yeah I, I am on LinkedIn. I linked. So LinkedIn is very important. And we had this guy named Daniel Perez post something, and he always posts these thought-provoking things. And basically, I'm not going to find the post now, but basically, and I wanted your opinion on this. He was talking about should clinical researchers not at big hospital systems or big medical systems or big universities, but at small private clinics, should they, should pharma have the responsibility to make sure that these researchers are vaccinated, basically put on the priority list for being vaccinated? Because even if you're not doing COVID study, clinical research is still very important, right? No matter what the indication is. And you're technically 
at a greater risk of being exposed than other jobs, right? So the whole argument was, should pharma make a priority to get all clinical researchers vaccinated? And because right now the only ones that are, are the ones and, and the state distribution system is really what matters. Um, my argument was, look, Pfizer and Moderna, they have no interest in helping clinics if they're doing studies for their competitors. I mean, why would they, you know, give you a vaccine? I, it's not their job, first of all. It comes down to the states distributing this. But it was still an interesting thought experiment. Yeah, and I, 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 I did a podcast very... where I went on a rant about uh, self uh, 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 being in charge of your own outcomes and networking as opposed to relying on government. Because if we if we rely on government mandates, nothing's going to get done. Everybody's going to already have COVID before they get vaccinated. So what do you think about this? I, I, I think I, it is important subject as you talked about the what gonna happen to the clinical research in the COVID era and if they get vaccinated what's gonna happen and do they should they get vaccinated as mandatory things that's uh, another you thing, know yeah. that yeah uh the 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 clinical research is like they see patient they used to see patient and everything but now we, because they're doing the zoom and all this thing it's been able to be managed and run uh, through the uh, distant uh, monitoring sites and okay and because of the uh, a lot of the new innovation in the clinical research such as the clouds and the virtual monitoring and virtual uh, clinical trial this is you know made it difficult for government or for the county to put it as in the front uh, as uh, they need to be vaccinated in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Okay, they don't have a lot of in touch or a lot of exposure to COVID, and that's why. I don't think the companies have the say if they want to vaccinate them or not. I think it's the county or the state or the country where they are at. Exactly. So right. that's what I think about it. I don't think it's have to do with that. You bring another interesting point, though. So do you think clinical researchers, at least the ones that have to deal with patients, do you think they should be uh, mandatory to be vaccinated? Um, do you think like in the future, we're going to have a SOP that sponsors ask you at the site selection visit, have all your staff been vaccinated for COVID or something like that? Actually, for now, there is a COVID restriction or COVID screening from the drug companies when they want to initiate your site. They ask you about, it and you have to show them the uh, how you're doing it, how what's your protocol, and your pro, uh, so uh, for the COVID, okay, which we have here in my office about this uh, about this procedure. But I, it could be in the future if it is, and I and mainly for the trial that have COVID. Uh, uh, COVID infection or uh, cases of COVID in it. This is from the comes from the ICU doctors or from which is the first uh, line of uh, treatment for these patients. So they already uh, vaccinated for mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. Okay, for me because I work in the hospital, I'm already had my first uh, 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 dose of uh, Pfizer vaccine. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm gonna get the next one now in uh, this Friday. 
But that's because so, you work uh, in a hospital, right? Like in a big hospital where they can get the distribution. But what if you were not associated with the hospital? Just let's say your small site in uh, Huntington Park, right? I know, but I don't think you will be able. You don't have as uh, extreme exposure as uh, in a hospital. I uh, most see. like 99% of the hospitals in LA County they get the vaccine and they're vaccinated. I they applied you. for it and they been vaccinating their uh, high risk uh, uh, physician and nurses that they're in contact with all these uh, COVID patients. 99% mm -hmm. of the hospital. I don't think there's any hospital who did not. Even there is hospital in Huntington Park. Uh, also, they get their vaccine and they vaccinated their staff there. Mm -hmm. uh, you know. I, I, I go to two hospitals and what hospitals they send me uh, an appointment time to have the vaccine, but I choose to have it in the hospital where I have my office here and I get my vaccine here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes so sense. All, yeah, but all the hospitals have the vaccine and available for the. So I, I think, as you said, if there is any clinical trial that involve an active patient with COVID, uh, it is run in the hospital and uh, the patient is, uh, and the physician or the nurse is already vaccinated, so shouldn't be any problem. Mm -hmm. Now, what about in your regular clinical practice, clinical trial, clinical research business? It's uh, right now we're in the January 6th. Um, so it's LA. I read a stat one out of five people right now have COVID. So it's obviously a very dangerous time, uh, especially for oncology patients. So how is your research studies, um, primarily the cancer ones, going right now? Like what, you know, how is it looking? Screening, randomization, what are you guys doing? Uh, you know, and, and the referral to the research has been cut down significantly because of the COVID, because of the physician, they're closing their clinic and the uh, uh, patient, they don't want to come, they want to do virtual visits and everything, even with a new referral. So I, I, I've been having a problem recruiting as I used to be. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's the main thing. How long do you think this There's will There's open clinic. In your opinion. I, yeah. I, I think after the vaccination and calming down, after this storm, going to be much better. Okay. So if Even you had if to predict, you have... would say, what, March, April? Most probably March, April, we, we should be doing much better than now. Mm -hmm. At least in recruiting, recruitment of patient and uh, referral to research, okay, would be much better. Should be. So you're saying basically the what's the the biggest hindrance now is the other physicians are not referring patients because of COVID, right? It's not like this. They don't have patients to refer because they're they're doing all everything virtual. I see. That's the I main see. thing. Mm -hmm. So this virtual you know? stuff is not very conducive to. Uh, Patient research. <laughs> yeah, for patient recruitment and research, especially. Why and do you patient think that doesn't is? Wanna, patient doesn't want to come to the clinic to be screened. Okay. You know, to, to consent him to do everything he can do it over the phone. Okay, mm -hmm. for uh, some study, but in cancer patient. They have to okay, come Especially out, uh, the study we have that you need to give them treatment and like this. No, we don't want to get it now. We can wait a couple of months. I, yeah, I understand. 
Um, so one thing, let's say March, you know, March, things start getting back. Because uh, we're even now in January, we're still getting study. We get site selection visit in December. We have another couple of site selection visits coming up. We're going to get you some of those studies as well. We're going to try to. Um, I mean, you see the leads from Julie every week. So there's studies there. Um, let's talk about diversity in research. It's something that the industry is really trying to make efforts on enrolling more minorities because uh, they're very underrepresented in research. And it's, I mean, across the board, African-American, Latino Americans, Asian, Arabic American, everyone, right? Other than Caucasians is very underrepresented in research. And that's a problem. And the FDA even says this is a problem. So I know we're tasked with a few projects like this, but on the individual site level, because I know you're very passionate about this, you opened a clinic in Huntington Park, which is like 90% Hispanic. Uh, what, what do you think it takes for sites to enroll more minorities? Like what, from a very practical just standpoint, why are not more minorities joining study, from your opinion? Because they don't have, uh, most of the minorities, they don't speak English, or the one who speaks English is the younger generation, the old generation that you want them to be enrolled in the trial, they don't speak English. They don't, even if they listen to news or read the newspaper, they don't know about what's going on. So that's the main reason, in my opinion, especially uh, Spanish population, okay? So, and it depends on where you work. You work in West LA. I don't think you're gonna get any any minority patient there. Okay, all of them is like Caucasian, and uh, most of them English speaking. They go to uh, English speaking physician and everything. It's not dual language physician where they can talk to the patient more extensively and more. Uh, explain for them in their own language about the study mm -hmm. like this that mm -hmm. they to make them understand exactly the benefit and risk of the study and everything so it depends on where you stay in my area here you know there's a lot of spanish okay and my around me there's a lot of spanish physician that i can contact them and ask for help in recruiting patient and everything okay huntington park there's a lot of all of them is a spanish physician right. and yeah. patients yeah you know? So that's why you can get more uh, patient in that direction. What do the clinicians in the communities where there are minority patients, like you're saying Huntington Park, what are their, what are the physicians' thoughts on clinical research in those areas? Because they're perfect uh, clinics to do, they're perfect candidates to do research, but they don't. Because of the time, they're overwhelmed, overworked, my friend. Do you think they're making uh, enough it, money to where they don't need to worry about something else? or? I, I don't think they, they want to add to their burden of work more work. That's the main thing. Okay, they are like, uh, the area are very dense population area, have a lot of patients, okay? Mm -hmm. And when the patient come to you as a for phys and you need to remember the, the, the minority patient, they don't go to the doctor and they're, they're very sick. So when they're very sick, how to talk to them about research uh -huh. will be very difficult. That's and when a they very start getting point. better and I know when they, when they get better and you want them to come back for the research, 
that will be also difficult. Okay. That, so, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Um, because of the, 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 you know, but now when you have a younger population from minority, they're more receptive to this idea, this kind of talk. But the elderly patient that you want them for certain type of studies, like in, especially in uh, oncology, Hmm. That's uh, there is some kind of uh, here, and it depends on the what the concept, what the education of the patient and their family about research. Some uh, ethnic community that you talk to the research about it, they tell you, "You want to make me your guinea pig?" Like this directly. <laughs> I, I heard you, it many what times. What do you from, say when they tell you this? I, I think. This is, I tell you, this is what you have the concept about it, but I think there is different issue. I'm not, I'm offering the same treatment that approved by FDA for your type of disease, but it's not the one we use every day for the patient. This is, we use it to see if it work as the original one that we use it, but it, it, it could, most probably it will work, but how it's the percentage, we don't know. That's why we running this clinical trial. And do they, does this conversation, after you have this conversation, are they more open to doing research or it's still the same attitude they have? Ah, still the same attitude because this <laughs> is like the, no, because this is like the, 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 the thing they were, they believe in. Yeah. This is how they think about the, the whole thing. It is something you're trying to make them mm. as experiment and they don't understand the concept of clinical trial. Need yeah. a lot of education. So it's a complicated issue. even I mean it's not a simple huh? so it's not a simple solution to get more minorities in research. It's actually a complicated issue. Very uh, it is very time consuming. Mm -hmm. And even if the drug companies like offer uh, compensation for this for this population, first of all, some of them because of their uh, background, everything can consult can consider it as an insult. Some of them Right. They they tell you, see, you want to pay me so you can make make me an experiment for you or can it be for you? <laughs> see, yeah. that's why. So it is very difficult and complicated situation where you need to sit. You have to be very patient talking to the uh, talking to the patient and their uh, family about this thing. You think it would help if you had a, a, like a coordinator that was the same ethnicity as the patient you think that's helpful no no it doesn't have to do whom you have it's always have to do between you and the patient the patient what he thinks and you what you think mm -hmm. and how are you going to try to present the thing for the patient coordinator they, they, they don't they don't mm -hmm. uh, usually i have like uh in your practice, you're the one. The you're the one talking to them, right? Yeah, yeah, of course, hundred percent. But 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 I have like a nurse practitioner in my office, and like mm -hmm. this, and uh, most of the non-English speaking patients, they want to see me and talk to me, not to my nurse practitioner, mm -hmm. because they think that the service that can be provided by me is different from that. That's how they they believe, and <laughs> if you can see you. Uh, they will leave you somewhere else. Yeah. So the same thing in research. If you talk to them and tell them that, you know. <laughs> what a complicated issue. I mean. If you start, can, 
It's an extremely complicated it's issue. It's a human being, my friend. And this is why with the circle we're trying to do, the Latinos in clinical research, we're trying to make an impact. There's more than one solution. I mean, this is like multiple. You have to approach this from multiple fronts. That's just one of the fronts we're approaching it I, from is awareness. awareness I, I think it increase awareness about research and the benefit of it and how does it can help the patient and their future generation like this, that would be the most important aspect that you can mm -hmm. approach talking to them. Yeah. But also, this is for the younger generation, the one who's not educated, older generation would be very difficult to get very hesitant. to that. I was mm -hmm. talking to someone earlier today, she does, she used to work for, she works for a technology company now in research, a very big one, but she used to work for a nonprofit organization whose goal was to get more African-Americans in research. And she said what they would do is very grassroots. They would go into the barber shops in the community and they would talk to, you know, ask the barber, hey, can we present to your customers to the nail salons and present research opportunities to them uh, while they're in the barber shop and have a discussions just like, you know, nothing formal, but just you ask your real questions, guinea pig, whatever you think, and we're going to tell you you know, we're going to try to educate you a little bit. So I think it's a lot of work, like you're saying. It's not yes. so easy for pharma to just say they want to do this and then it's going to get done. Even if no. you throw money at it, it's still a lot of work. Sometimes I told you they consider it as an insult or a confirmation that they're going to be guinea pig. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because no, not, money uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not the money to the patients, but to vendors like me to try to get you know more minority patients enrolled it's still somebody has to do the work and that work i mean sure eventually there's enough money to where it's worth it the work but now you have to ask is it a, what's the roi for the pharma because if it's just to get one patient is it worth it to spend six figure i don't know maybe Maybe it is because FDA sometimes tells them you need like 25% African-American in the study or we're not going to accept the result. I don't so know. Complicated stuff, man. But welcome to 2021. We have to, You and I have to solve these kind of problems all year. I think I have in, in, instead in the biomarker field, I have much more better chances in recruiting uh, minority than in the actual... Well, uh, drug uh, research. What do you mean by that biomarker? Like, what do you mean? Which is like trying to collect blood from different ethnic group for a certain type of disease uh -huh. to see their biomarker for that disease and submit it for a different company and that they are asking for that. I have much better chances in doing this and talking to the patient about it than uh, an in, investigational uh, product? Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, but they, for the most part, the pharma that I'm talking to, they all need, it's traditional trial, investigational product, and they need the minority. And the FDA is telling them, we're not going to accept this data unless it's 25% Latino or something like that. They're doing that. They're wow. doing that now. Yeah, so it's serious stuff. It's real stuff. Um used to be just, you know, I thought to sound good, but now it's, uh, 
you know, the FDA has practical, pragmatic uh, consequences to and outcomes, potential outcomes, negative or positive outcomes to this. But uh, we're working on it with the circle. So thank you, Dr. Al, for being a part of the circle. Uh, Monica had a migraine today, so she will not be joining us. And Chris, Chris is like, uh, he's a diva. He come whenever he feel like it. So, diva. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's just me and you today, but it was a good chat. Anything else we didn't cover? We started with COVID. We then went into the um, your business with, during COVID, your thoughts on the vaccine, and then the diversity. Anything else um, we should cover? Mainly, I, I think we, we should talk more about the circle itself and what's our goals in the circles. Mm-hmm. Okay, so anyone who wants to to participate or uh, we're trying to recruit, at least they have an idea. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe we can get it with four of us when we are in talking about the circle and trying to about about goals and uh, yeah direction of the circle and try to get one of the pharma. The Clinical Research Circle, formerly known as the Clinical Scoop, we're transitioning to the Clinical Research Circle because, you know, it's a circle. It never ends. It's just the opportunities are endless. It's just round and round we go, like life, like a Why you don't call it infinity research? I'm sure that's taken. But the circle is not taken. Uh The circle is just continues. It's like a song, you know, it's similar but then there's a chorus but then it comes back I don't know, but, 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 but as as i told you you know we should like uh, promote the circle as the mission goals and uh, yeah how we're gonna achieve it like one of the goals like mainly increase diversity in research so we have yeah. to work on that oh i agree now i agree the latinos you know? has a very you know latinos in clinical research has a very solid mission um so I'll be writing that down today for the circle. Uh, but I do want to I, I think the uh, stock the stock talks too in future weeks. I know, but but I think this is two goals for the circle. Number one, increase the physician recruitment and involvement in research. Number two, diversity in research. Number three, companies that ca- could be beneficial. I you like see? that. Yes, discussing, and we seem yeah, to be integrating those things into our our conversations as we've been doing them. But uh, I know people love the stocks. People love to talk about. I know, but we should integrate it all together so we can yes. attract a different type of population. From you know, drug company is not interested in stocks. Okay, <laughs> drug companies not. are interested in worried about in physicians them. and patients. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. The yep. physicians are interested in stocks. Right, right. Okay. So that's how, how we're going to try to to try to direct things like in this ways. Yeah. In these physician and drug companies ways. We got a lot of work to do. I'll put together a plan. I'll revise the plan. I know, but, but that's how we, we, we should direct ourselves. I like that. I like that three-pronged, the three-pronged approach. So the first one was um, physicians, getting the physicians involved involved the second one is uh, how to diversity improvement physicians diversity that's already being accomplished and stocks now so i send you this link read it 
and see if you like it. Trial results, right? Stock yeah. slash trial results. So I send you this uh, this link for the uh, what they call it? Uh, Biopharma catalyst. Thank you. Okay, I'll you're gonna get it. the news for free and see it if you like it and like this. Okay, it's only seventeen dollars a month, so it's, uh, nothing. Nothing if you can find the right stock. But the... I gave it to you. If you get a good company, you need to let me know about it. Text me. I will. I will definitely do it. And if you follow my advice, you're more likely to lose money. But lately, I've been doing better. I've been doing better. <laughs> we'll talk about that on but, the next show with the Chris and Monica. So I, I think this Biopharma uh, bio Catalyst is, is a very good website. Show us the screen. Show us the screen. The... Can you show the screen? Huh? Can you show us the screen, the, the viewers? There you go, guys. This is what Dr. Al does on a daily basis. Look at this. Supernus. No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I like it. I like it. No, Dr. Al's usually very busy. I go to his site at least once a month and, uh, you know, full no, but, but full What's food. nice about it is is like they, they give you the chart and then they give you the drug pipeline and the news about the company. Yeah, no, that's really good. I'll uh, I'll definitely be looking into it. Okay, so the news about the company, and this is their uh, fundamental, the fifty low, high, and PE and volume and yeah. a lot of things that. I like the three pronged uh, approach I, to um, the mission of the clinical research circle because we're re rebranding re the scoop, and I think it's better to have the circle and. You Dan, know, we have we have they give like you a... 14 days. Dan, they give you 14 days trial, and then after that, 17 a month. All right. So you can enroll for 14 days. You don't like it, you can cancel. No, I'll just start it from the beginning, from 17. It's better, easier. Oh, no, it's the same thing. Yeah, it's easier. You're gonna put your credit card. You get like two weeks for free, and then 17. I like the. If you uh... like it, if you don't like it, you can cancel anything. I like the mission statement, um, the rebranding re that we're doing with the circle. But uh, yeah, thank you. A lot of work that we have going on. So keep up the good work. I will see you soon to monitor two studies <laughs> shortly. Uh, we're behind on both. And um, Looking forward to meet you and talk to you again, Dan. Yes. Okay, and come free of COVID, please. This is post-COVID, I'm making a machine. I may get a machine in my office, so I'll test you before I go inside the room. I need to see the results. That's good. Um, yes, this is the post-corona, Dan. Uh, right uh -huh. at the new year, I was transitioning from corona, Dan, to post-corona, Dan. Now I'm now I'm back to normal. And, I think uh, when you come back, I will be getting already my second dose of the uh, Pfizer, so I, I should be okay. You'll be I good. Be worried you'll about be good. You'll be good. So yeah, I shouldn't be worried about uh, getting Corona. Oh. Now, well, now I'm one of the safest people to be around, Doctor Al. My blood can be <laughs> donated now. <laughs> yeah, for that. Oh, why you don't do that? I want to know when it's safe. It. I want to know when it's safe to do it. I wouldn't do it for the money. I'd do it to just contribute. But I want to know when. I it's think safe. there is a clinical trial for that. I I may have a clinical trial for a patient who about hospitalized with COVID and recovered. Uh, God forbid. No. Uh -huh. Yeah. But yeah, the, I, I want to do. I, I just get uh, I just get uh, the the trial today. I, I I don't know when it's gonna start or anything. A lot of or COVID stuff. 
a lot of COVID yeah. related studies. And that's the silver lining in all of this. If you're in research, it's busy. I mean, plenty of studies. You know, the hard part is, you know, the challenges are getting the patients to come in and physician referrals and like we discussed minority participation, but can't complain as, as the, as the fact is that the industry is very busy. Yeah, it is busy. Well, thank you, Dr. Al. Matt. Until next week, we do it again. Um, See you, Dan. With a new mission statement. Okay. Okay, my friend. Take care, Have everybody. Good afternoon. You too. Bye-bye.